Hello, and welcome back to the Sports Couch Podcast with your hosts, Matt. Nick. And Chris. We appreciate you tuning in for episode seven. Um, Season stats here. Uh, Nick has two wins. Chris has three wins. And Matt has one win. Another week, another six questions. And the six questions are, who won the Sam Darnold trade? Who deserves to be in the MVP conversation more? Devin Booker or Chris Paul? Who are your top three NBA players under age 25 in the league and why? Do you think the MLB would benefit from the COVID-19 2020-60 game season continuing in future seasons? Are the Yankees in trouble due to their difficulty scoring so far? And lastly, who's the best player in the NBA? So I won last Uh, week, got my first win. Go ahead, Nick. So Nick, do we want to, did we really let Matt win last week? Like what happened? Yeah, he had a good week. Yeah, had a good week. week. I had. I mean, what are you gonna say? I mean, he can't. I got to get on the board sometime. Even if I, even if I end this, even if I have while. the season with one win, I, I, I didn't right. have a, you know, I, I, I didn't even go the, winless. The blind squirrel, the blind squirrel found a nut. <laughs> um, here we go. So I, I, I won last week, and I was considering if I was gonna put myself on the couch or put. Nick and Chris on the couch for a topic I didn't want to talk about, but my gut's telling me that I, I won. I got to put myself on the couch. So I'm going to put myself on the couch with Nick. And the question I'm going to choose is, who are your top three NBA players under age 25 in the league and why? And as we know, this was a little bit of a controversial topic on first take this week. Stephen A. Smith getting very heated about LaMelo Ball's uh, <laughs> yeah, number three don't place. Give them on the shout list. outs on our show. They don't do nothing for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying He's that bums. <laughs> but, but part of part of the uh, <laughs> fire behind this question um, that ignited me a little bit was uh, Stephen A. Smith and his reaction to who I love. So, um, Chris, uh, you're the moderator. I am going to um, put myself on the couch first to go first. Have a little advantage of winning. You and, see uh, this? Yeah, you see this, Nick? Matt's terrified to go against me. He had to pick you. He's like, oh, my no, God, I, Chris is here. I, no, I, I think. Know. I want I to hear. Nick I mainly, know. I mainly. He's put, like, I'm terrified. I know you want to go I mainly it. wanted to hear your perspective on where Nick and I go. That's mainly. So maybe can I add Let's get it going. This question? Can I add something to this question to kind of make it more so you guys could? No, you can't. Here? You can't. You can't. If you add say anything. Zion, if you, you say, can't. if you talk about Zion for your whole minute, you're disqualified from winning this time. Okay, right. that's fair. That's fair. All right, here we go. All right, so your minute starts now. Well, unfortunately, it won't be my entire minute, but Zion Williamson is on my list um, as one of my uh, top three players. My second is my future MVP, Donovan Mitchell. And my third is Luka Doncic. Okay. We have Luka Doncic. He's a two-time All-Star. He's rookie of the year. I mean, this guy is doing crazy things in, you know, such a short time in the league. You know, you have Donovan Mitchell right now who can score at will. This guy, we saw how he could score in the bubble. We, we see how he can score in the regular season. He's on, he's on the Jazz, who are the number one team in the league right now. I mean, the guy is in his you know, fourth year, and he's, and, and he's dominating. 26 points per game. He averages a steal per game, five assists, three or four rebounds a game. But the guy can literally score at will, and he's a great playmaker. 
And now, so that's your top want, three. I didn't want to do my whole minute here, but Zion Williamson, my future, not only NBA All Star but NBA champion. This guy is going to reshape franchises, whether it is on the Pelicans or whether it's, in my opinion, I think he's going to head to the Knicks one day. But this guy is on lists with Shaq. This guy is having consistent games with major rebounds, major points, major field goal percentage. I think this guy is absolutely dominant. And we forget that this no. basically is his rookie year, guys. Basically his rookie year because he sat almost the whole year last year. And this guy is just dominating, playing well above his age, playing well above his experience. And those are my top three. I think those three are the best players I see right now in the league under 25. So what is the three? Donovan Mitchell and Zion Williamson. No order? No, no particular order. I just think that, especially the one last point about Luka Doncic, you're in your, you know, third year and you're, you know, you were uh, MVP frontrunner before the season started, which of course is a little controversial because, People like talking before the season starts, but that's impressive. That's impressive as hell. Um, I, have, I have them on my fantasy team. It's been nice. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I so I think th those three guys, I mean, I love watching all of them play. Donovan Mitchell, I think, is a force to be reckoned with. Like I said, Nick gets on me. We have a little side bet. That, you all know, right, I speaking, think of, win. speaking of Nick, you've been talking for about three minutes now. All right, all right. Yeah. I told you not <laughs> to talk But I do want to shout out one thing, that Nick and I have a side bet at Donovan Mitchell. I think he will win MVP at one point in his career. And won't say how much, but we got some money on it. Yeah, Nick's not very good at those long-term bets, as we um, have discussed <laughs> previously on the show. But I won't get into because I don't want to embarrass. Please, him too just much yeah, don't week. bring up Brady, please. <laughs> but um, okay, Nick. So maybe I you wanna... have somebody. You have somebody like besides those guys, maybe that's. Well, the question is under twenty-five. Under the underage twenty-five. Okay, maybe if there's somebody like a dark horse that's a top top player maybe under 25 because Matt kind of went chalk there and kind of named the some of the best chalk. guys that you could have named chalk. two of them are MVP conversation like those are the those are the easy ones I need I need you yeah to, yeah I mean me I, here's man. here's here's the thing here's the thing there needs to be more respect on Jalen Brown's name I love me some Jalen Brown I think he's a fantastic defender fantastic defender you know, since entering the league, he's averaged over 20 points per game, pretty pretty much consistency, consistently outside of his rookie year. And I know, you know, the Celtics have been up and down this year. But uh, Kemba's been hurt. You got to remember, you know, I, I, I just think that what he brings defensively and how his improvements from a shooting standpoint, when he entered the league, he wasn't a shooter. Now he can hit threes. He's fantastic going to the rim. I think he's extremely underrated. Devin Booker, there needs to be more respect on that man's name. He should, it's, absolutely disrespectful that he wasn't automatically an all-star this year it's ridiculous you had to wait for someone to get injured to get in i mean the guy is averaging 26 points per game right and um, i'm not sure how many assists but uh, anyway he's, he's he's killing it so i think oh he's God. fantastic and i have to give credit where credit's due to zion i have to go chalk with zion i mean this guy is absolutely insane i i, I mean he's he's so young, and he's shooting over 50% on the year. It's crazy. So you're going with Jalen Brown, uh, Zion, and Devin Booker. Yeah, correction. He's actually shooting 61% from the field, Zion, this year. That's insanity. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous, no matter what age you are, to be honest. But, um, Matt, maybe see how Nick threw in somebody that 
people don't really talk about in Jalen Brown as much. Maybe do you have somebody to add to your three? Maybe to go off of some, maybe one of the more impressive players that people don't talk about very much under under twenty five. Uh, I, I honestly don't know if I want to add anybody. Uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, remind me again, Nick, you went with Devin Booker. Give me your three. So I don't, you know, do a Devin Booker, Jalen Brown and Zion. Uh, I did not say Luca or Donovan, but again, they're, they're fantastic players. There's so many good players under 25, which is why I really like the trajectory of this league. But those are the guys I said. Neither of you like LaMelo Ball. Wait a minute. Did, did you not, did you okay, not mention? No. Doing he hasn't shown me enough. He hasn't shown me enough yet. I had the Hornets in the playoff picture. Did you not mention Jason Tatum? Isn't Jason Tatum no, 26? He should, he, should be, he should be up there. He's under 25. Oh, no. Jason Tatum is under 25. Now, here's the thing about Jason Tatum. If I can get – you asked me a question, a little bit of a dark horse. I don't think he's necessarily a dark horse. I think Jason Tatum scored 53 points the other night. I think there's trouble in paradise in Boston, and that's kind of overshadowing, um, you know, what, what's, what's going on in, in, with his game right now. But uh, I think he's pretty dominant. Um, I think that uh, he's a player that, you know, Nick doesn't respect when he takes, uh, <laughs> takes those step back threes, thinking he's, you know, uh, you know, a guard. But, I mean, the guy's 23 yeah, years yeah. old. His shot um, selection is a little shady, but he's fantastic. He's a very right, good so, offensive player. So, Matt, I, I let you go a little yeah, over there in the first one and this one. So, I'm going to get into Nick again. Neither of you mentioned Ben Simmons, who's a phenomenal player under 25. He's a little inconsistent for me. Yeah, I'm sorry. My 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 my, be- my best players under 25 have to be able to shoot a jump shot. It's just that's just me. <laughs> John Morant. Speaking of, he's good. Shooting. He's good. But so maybe oh, Nick, John Morant. Wanna... Yeah, John Morant is just all I'll say about John Morant is I think yeah. that he's a mixture of Allen Iverson and Russell Westbrook. I mean, I've never seen a guy with that sort of combination. I mean, he can freaking explode to the basket and he's that that finesse. Right, okay 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 oh. it's Nick's turn here though I don't want to hear you're kind of like ruining your chances of winning this one but you, you didn't even let me you didn't even you kind of dismissed <laughs> you just you, went you it's my cut, turn dude yeah but you kind of cut me you off talk for like Tatum, four, but all right. you, you talk for like four minutes in your first part so Nick if you want to maybe be allowed to talk for a little bit here about any other points you want to make let me let me know now yeah, I mean, I, I will just say, um, you know, Devin, Book, Devin Booker, you know, should be in the MVP, MVP conversation this um, year. And we're, we're going to be talking about that later on the couch. But the guy is is just, you know, lighting it up. I mean, he, he's in the past five games alone, 33 points and 4.2 uh, assists, shooting 52%. I mean, it's ridiculous. Shooting 47% from three. He's actually gotten better from three now. So now he's got it. Not only he's got the jump shot he's always had, not, not only is he great finishing at the rim, great passer, but now he can shoot threes. I mean, he's just getting better. He's under 25. Um, this team is second in the West now. I mean, the, the always proclaimed better conference, there's, he's second. Not, not the Lakers, not the Clippers, but the Suns. But, uh, and that's uh, largely due to of the point guy, Devin Booker. We'll, we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, he's a little bit too one-dimensional um, All right, but I, I have to get into – who won this Paul. debate? Relax, man. That's it's one of the best point guards of all time. If you want to put some respect, yeah, he's not an MVP. We'll so talk. Disrespectful, but um, all right. So 
it's tough here because once again, I'm in a, I'm in a situation where if I pick Nick, Matt's gonna cry, and if I pick <laughs> if I pick Matt, Nick's gonna be like, oh, whatever, man. It's just it's just what the way these shits go sometimes. But a lot of good points. Matt kind of went chucked. I wasn't really thinking Jalen Brown, but I I don't know if Nick maybe mentioned meant to go Jason Tatum there and kind of fumbled the names or what happened. No, no, no. I like my man Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, Jason but Tatum. I'm gonna go. I have to go. I have too. to go Matt here because he redeemed himself with oh. Jason Tatum at the end. There we go. Especially because he just dropped 53. Thank you, man. And and I just thank you, Chris. I just want to mention I was actually looking a little bit uh, for this for this stacks. I couldn't I couldn't bring it up and you know uh, in time when I was going. But Luka Doncic, he has more 30, 15, 10 triple doubles before turning twenty two than the rest of the players in NBA history. I mean that is ridiculous. I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Right, so, I mean, the guy's on a Twitter. He's been in the league so three gotta, years. It's crazy. Kinda, this is his third year. we got to move on from this topic, though, if you want to maybe point us in the direction, because me and Nick have to be on the couch now with what you picked. Yes, yes, you guys do. Couch. So if you want to pick a question. Um, yeah, I'm going to um, – my question is, who deserves to be in the MVP conversation more, uh, Devin Booker or Chris Paul? Chris and Nick, you are on the couch. And uh, uh, Chris, uh, you, you were the moderator. You didn't get a chance to, you know, speak a lot uh, in that conversation. As the moderator, I'm going to have you go first. So um, who deserves to be in the MVP conversation more, uh, Devin Booker or Chris Paul? And your minute starts now. Chris Paul, he went there, turned him into a contender. They were barely even in the playoff picture last year. They went to the bubble, went on that little run. But come on, man. Chris Paul is the reason why they're number two in the West. Like you could say Devin Booker, yes. More a better player at this time, yes, but he's not the most valuable player on that team. And like, obviously, he's valuable, he's the second best player on the team, like, second most valuable player on the team. But <laughs> it's like, come on, man, Chris Paul is a point, they don't call him point god for no reason. It's unbelievable. They, they were, un, weren't they under 500 last year? Now they're second in the West just because they added Chris Paul. They you weren't under Chris, 500, they made the playoffs, they didn't make the playoffs. They were last they, they year? were crying. They were crying about them. They were in the out of the bubble. They were in, they the, were in bubble, the bubble. Yeah, like they were crying about them being left out of the playoffs the whole time. But hold on, man, it's my turn. You're right. Chris Paul is is just phenomenal, man. There's what are, what's their record right now? They they won they won 34 games last year. I get it was in a a shortened season, but don't they have 34 wins right now? Like 35, I think. I gotta look at this. I gotta look yeah, at this. Yeah, they are games. they are actually 37. They're 37 and 15. 15. Are you telling me that if Chris Paul was not there, that Devin Booker would have them at 37 and 15 with just any point guard, like it would be fine? Or are you telling me that Chris Paul is not the reason that they're 37 and 15? I'll I'll even go into Knicks now. I don't even want to talk anymore. Nick, just go. How, how, yeah, I, all right, I mean, Chris. You've gone a little bit there. Yeah. Uh I, I wanna I wanna bring up that, you know, I'm um I see that the the value that that, that Chris Paul uh, brings to to the team and 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 the issue that I have is the MVP and and what the MVP is in this league is constantly talked about. Is it the most valuable player to a team or is it the best player in the league? Thirty four in addition and thirty nine to- last year without Chris Paul. 
All I'm saying is the conversation about MVP, there's this line that I'm, I'm not sure where to go on. I'm not sure which side to go on, which is, is it the best player in the league and also the value they give to their team and the most value? Or is it solely, you know, the most valuable player to a team? Because you could argue that there are players who are the most valuable to their team. Julius Randle is the most valuable player to the Knicks. But is he in the MVP conversation because they're not really high in the seating and they're not going to be a, necessarily a contender? So, Nick, I want to ask more efficient you. efficient um, this year with Paul, too, because he gets to play off the ball. That's true. But, again, to that point about, you know, what MVP means, Nick, you know, do you think that uh, – who do you think um, in this question deserves to be in the conversation more based on your opinion of what MVP means? Of, is it style of overall play in comparison to other players in the league? Or is it more focused on your value uh, to a specific team and how you elevate your specific team, regardless of kind of record or skill? Yeah, I think it's part of it. I think it's definitely part of it. You know, what you can bring to your team, obviously you're, that's the team you're on. And so if you can improve um, your team, then yeah, you're that. Well, that's that's the conversation of MVP for your team, and I will have to say, Chris Paul has elevated the, their their game offensively, defensively. He's the you know he's the the general out there. He's the point guard. He's one of the best point guards of all time. But when you look at the statistics, oh I God, mean, from weird. a scoring from a scoring standpoint, Chris Paul averaging sixteen points per game. Okay, Devin Booker averaging twenty six, so over ten more points per game. His efficiency is a little bit better than Chris Paul. Um, you know, he's. Just, uh, uh, you know, he's one of the better players in the in the league. I mean, in terms of of, of he shoots a better three point percentage. Um, he's a better I, I think overall, he just the game on the line. You want the ball in 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 um, Devin Booker's hands. I mean, Chris Paul is great finishing at the rim. He's a great defender. He's a little one dimensional here. He has a deadly, uh, you know, jumper, which he does pretty much 90 percent of the time. He's. He takes a shot. I, I wish I could find a, a stack because it has to be 90%. It's ridiculous. So you know exactly what he's doing every time he's bringing the ball to the court. I mean, Devin Booker can shoot from anywhere on the court and score. So I just think offensively, you know, he brings more to this team. And he, he's Paul been his game up. has elevated from having with a Chris great Paul. player like Chris Paul. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with either of these guys. I mean, they're, they're both playing at a really high level. Um, you know, they, um, you know, between the two of them, uh, right, right now that they're, they're they're out. Like I think the last game they, they scored sixty four points together uh, a couple of days ago. All right, so Nick. you can't go wrong with either of those guys. But I just think that what he's doing, you know, shooting forty three percent from uh, three point uh, field goal percentage at fifty two percent. I just think that he deserves to be in the MVP conversation for what he's doing in many different categories, not just assists and and defensively and and you know I guess running an offense. So, Nick, um, you know, great points there. And, and you know, it, it starts to make me really consider, you know, you know, your points as well as Chris's, you know, the, the, I think it's hard because both of them, I think the, the level of play that um, Devin Booker is playing at right now is obviously elevated by Chris Paul. But Chris Paul's presence and, and his leadership um, and his court awareness and his kind of floor generalship is also elevating not only his own game, but the the whole team's game. So collectively together, they're really this unit that is elevating the entire team. So it's hard to kind of compare them because I do agree with you, Chris, without Chris Paul, I don't know if they'd be in this position, but at the same time, if Chris Paul was playing at this level and Devin Booker wasn't there, 
I don't know with his 26 points per game if they'd be in this position. So it's 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 hard because they're working together. I think he, Chris, he wouldn't have gone to Phoenix if he wasn't there. <laughs> it's true. And Chris, I want to bring up to that the last time um, well, he, he, got, player, he, got, he got traded there though, didn't he? Yeah, but obviously he wanted to. No, he signed there as a free. But he obviously he wanted yeah. to go there. So or maybe, uh, it, yeah, was it, it was traded or it was a one year deal with with uh, the Thunder? I thought he was still on that. Oh, whatever, it's fine. I think but he was anyway, a free agent after one year. With the Thunder. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so Chris, the last time a player won MVP, uh, averaging less than twenty points per game, was in two thousand five and six, and it went to Steve Nash. And uh, the one time before that was also the year before that it also went to Steve Nash. He was averaging 18 points that season. And in 2004, he was averaging 15. So with with that point, I just want to ask you um, to kind of enhance your argument a little bit. Do you think that um, those I mean, Bill Russell obviously won it. Bill Russell, every time Bill Russell won the MVP, he was averaging less than 20 points. So I just. You know, Nick brought up points, so I have to ask you, do you think it's that possible. points matter a little bit less in this scenario because it's, people have done it before, I mean, less than 20? I mean, it's possible, but the problem is with today, with the media and all that, it's all about the scoring and this and that. They don't really – I feel like they don't look into what they – because you think about it, the MVP should go to LeBron every year regardless because he's the most valuable player in the league because he's the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. And he makes his team a championship contender every season, which is why I think – in my opinion, I think it should be more – they should look into more to what that team would be if that player was not there. Mm-hmm. And you saw what they were last year. They were a below 500 team when Chris Paul was not there. Chris Paul – where was Chris Paul last year with, with um, OKC? And they were a playoff team. And where is OKC now? Not a playoff team. They're, yeah. they're on the outside looking in. And you see – it takes one – Chris Paul goes to the – Phoenix, who was not a playoff team last year. Now they're the two seed in the West. If that doesn't tell all who's more valuable to this particular team in this particular conversation about who should be in the MVP conversation from the Suns, pretty much, it should be Chris Paul because they would not be where they are today. All right, Chris. Chris I'm you know, really, really, this. really, really good points, um, especially because I am kind of looking at the league right now with kind of not, not, necessarily blinders on but I'm so kind of focused on the guys that are in that top three conversation that I didn't give enough credit to the fact that you know someone you know like Chris Paul in this way if we're comparing these two players you know has might might have a little bit of an edge based on some of the topics you're talking about in the record from last year um, and again the, the conversation the question is not who uh, should win it's who should be in the conversation more um, so so Nick uh, do you want to continue on a little bit more about uh, the importance of scoring um, because it did bring up, you know, uh, the fact that there were players who did win with averaging less than 20 points. And do you think that in today's game, because that was a while ago, I mean, that was over 10 years ago. So, you know, do you think that uh, scoring is is uh, much more important today in the, in the conversation of uh, MVP? Because the, the level of scoring is so much higher. The, the ability to score is um, just at a higher level. Yeah, I, I think to, to win games, especially in the Western Conference, as, as you know, it, to have that record, you need to be able to knock down shots. And Chris Paul can do it. He shoots very efficiently as well, and he sets up players very well. And so that's allowed to, um, you know, Devin Booker to unlock some more efficiency in his game because he's getting these great setup passes from Chris Paul. So I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due to Chris Paul. But 
you know, end of the, like I, like I've said, you know, MVP is someone who, you know, transcends the league who everyone's afraid of with, you know, 10 seconds left on the clock. Oh shit. You know, no one's saying let's worry about Chris Paul with 10 seconds left. I'm sorry. They're looking at, at Devin Booker. He's going to hit the game winner. Yeah. That's Chris the guy Paul's going to set him up to hit the game winner. Chris Paul's going to have the ball not, in his hand. So, so it's going to go to Devin Booker. So when you're looking at, you know, overall off in his, off in shooting efficiency, you know, over 10 points more, um, uh, average per game. He's on a tear these last five games. He's shooting over 42% from three, you know, so many different facets and, and it's just about at five assists per game. So he's, he's still as a, as a two guard, you know, racking up a pretty decent amount of assists himself. So I just think that overall looking at all of that, you know, and comparing that to some of the other, you know, people in the conversation for MVP right now, um, the common commonality is you have to be able to score at an elite level. And he's doing just that. Jeez, I mean, you guys really uh, don't make it easy uh, because, you know, I came into this conversation thinking one way, halfway through, I was thinking another way. Um, you know, not to mention that Chris Paul I mean, right now. 16 points per game is not terrible by any stretch. It's not terrible. It's just not MVP. No, it's not terrible. But um, right now, I, I want to let you know that uh, Vegas odds um, – Right now, uh, Chris Paul is 11th and Booker is 12th. They're right next to each other in these odds. Now, of course, players down there are not going to win, of course. Um, Very, very unlikely. Um, But I find it uh, pretty cool that we were debating not only – There's 10 players players above those guys? It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I believe if I'm looking at the, you know, correct, yeah, up-to-date odds, it's Jokic, Embiid, Antetokounmpo. LeBron, James Harden, Lillard, Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, then Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So yeah. it just reminds you, how, it reminds you about how, you know, how many them. incredible players are in, are, are in the league. But um, yeah, I mean, these guys, it's pretty cool that we're having a conversation about two players who are really right at the same level in the conversation and they're, and they're you know, the back the, the backcourt on the same team. Um. You know, elite, this is really elite backcourt. Yeah, elite backcourt. Uh, this is really difficult because you know, my uh, my gut. I, I I believe that Nick's points about the scoring and and where we are in the league right now. Um, you know that that's that's incredibly important. And I don't necessarily think that uh, Chris Paul should really be in the conversation with the likes of Jokic or or Antetokounmpo or James Harden and how they're playing right now. And I don't want to do this, but I am going to have to go with Chris. I'm going to have to go with Chris just because um, from being, don't want being, being remi- I don't want to, but being reminded, and I have to just go by my gut in, in, in the constructs of our, of our podcast, just that he did make, I can't deny that he did make me think about the record last year and the fact that he wasn't there. And even if uh, it is because Devin Booker is playing at a higher level, because I think that's why. The main reason why they are where they are at, I think, is because of Devin Booker's scoring ability. But it's also probably complemented by Chris Paul setting up plays and Chris Paul being a floor general. And I didn't, I, right. I didn't think I was going to go this way. But um, final, final yeah. question: Right now, starting a team, you know, not not thinking about any of the others. You have one player you get to choose, and you get random players. You picking Chris Paul to start your team, or you picking Devin Booker? Right now, right like now, let's say not 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 say not not for a um, you know overall like like seasons to come just for like right now, a playoff run. Who do you want on your team? 
Definitely, I want Devin Booker because he's younger. That's not the um, – but it's, it's just one season. I'm just one season Chris right now. Okay. Chris Paul. One you season. Can have him. You can have him. So, yeah, Nick and Chris, great points. Um, that's what makes it hard about this show is, you know, I, I, Nick, Nick brought up some great uh, points um, Devin Booker's uh, off phenomenal. the show. Nick brought up some uh, points off the show of the criteria of how we um, should be considering picking winners. And I really put that into consideration that it should be a point that kind of sways me in a direction I didn't already go. Uh, stats and kind Nick, of, you, you were know, an OKC fan a couple of years ago. You saw how. <laughs> so uh, great, great conversation, boys. And um, uh, Chris, uh, nice win there. And Nick, phenomenal points about Devin Booker. I think he's an elite player in the league. All right, and thank you, Matt, for picking the correct choice there for once. Uh, I didn't know where you were going to go. I thought you were going to go with your heart more than the right opinion. So thank you for that. And um, so I'm going to go. I wouldn't say right opinion, just, you know, strong opinion. (laughs) I just you got to be a little persuasive sometimes on this show, get a little loud, get a little angry, and sometimes it goes your way. But um, I'm going to go – I'm going to put you and Nick on the couch here. And I'm going to let you guys talk about the – do you think the MLB would benefit from the COVID-19 60-game schedule continuing for future seasons maybe after this? And I'm going to let Matt go first here. So, Matt, just give me a second. I'm going to pull up your little 60 seconds, and you can start now. You know, I, I – uh... Absolutely think that they should. Um, and, you know, I think this will be a nice sort of conversation because I think Nick agrees um, and he will agree with this. You know, the baseball, they play way too many games. Um, I think, you know, that um, injuries uh, happen more because there's so many games that need to be played. Um, and, you know, with kind of the, the, the limited travel and the succinct season, honestly, last year, it felt natural. It felt good when the, 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 pace of it felt like it worked it felt like okay i've started oh wow we're doing well these games matter more and oh we're in the playoffs and oh here we are it felt like a a natural progression whereas a lot of the time in the regular season i'm sitting there thinking god we're we're this far from when games start to really matter like we got to wait this long you know i thought the expanded postseason format featuring 16 teams you know eight from each league you know that was that was cool um you know the the wild card was cool uh, and I just think that for a sport that seems to be not as popular with the younger crowd, um, shortening the season would be great. I mean, it, it is huge. It, it is a big reduction in games. But I thought that the progression of how it went was great. I enjoyed it. It was right. more exciting. All right, Matt. Um, going off of that, it, it is a lot of games. But the problem is it's been that way for so long it would be hard to change everything because then it's looking like, hey, all these records from back in the day, they played 100 more games than we're playing yeah. right now. How are we yeah, even going to come close to, to breaking that kind of stuff? And it's kind of for the history of the game, it's, it would be kind of hard to, to change. Like, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you that it might be better to have a, a shortened season, but it would be hard to change that. And, and Nick, over there, I don't know what your opinion is going to be basically – which way, which way are you kind of leaning here? Maybe I'll get more into my opinion. Well, well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that, you know, 
I would like a shortened season, but I don't think it makes sense for a couple of reasons when it comes to baseball. So one, now you're going to be looking at way less revenue for a lot of these teams. And so if you look at a team like the Yankees, right, they saw that, you know, they brought in about during, let's say the, uh, so I'm looking at a stat here during the 2017 season, they brought in about $287 million in ticket revenue. If you were to reduce that by five, like 5% less games, it'd be, hundred or be like 14 million in ticket sales that they, they wouldn't get. So that's, you know, and, and again, the television contracts would, would, wouldn't be as profitable. And then you're looking at going forward. If there's a shortened season now, players contracts are going to be less um, fruitful for them because, you know, the league revenue is going to go down and team revenue is going to go down. Additionally, it would have a major effect on smaller market teams that already don't, you know, that those additional games, the, the more games actually help them sign more players down the road because they're able to get more revenue, especially when, you know, when there's more uh, games in a season as there are right now, you have potential to go on a run and, and, and get into the playoffs later in the season. You could start off slow and then get better and your, and your ticket sales can increase. And then the, the, the other point is, I, I just think that, Long minute. You know, you, it, right now, it usually means that the MLB has the like All the right. strongest teams All make right. the playoffs, right? All right, I guess get... I'm, I'm done. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry because I let you go over and you just kept. Well, I wanted to hear that last point about the strongest teams. I'm done. He, he gets a thirty no, second. He gets a thirty second rebuttal after. Got to save it. I'm sorry. I, I I did the ten seconds and then I just let him keep going. But um, Matt, so maybe. This little 30 seconds, you could go into maybe more how from a fan standpoint more than because we know obviously the money is yeah, I mean, that was a, the 162 game season. So maybe if you want to go more how the fans are affected by the season being so long, maybe they would benefit. Or then and and then players not especially like the Yankees who sees all these injuries might be more benefited by this season. Yeah, I mean, like points uh, Nick was bringing up were phenomenal points um, that, you know, I, I, I unfortunately didn't consider in going into this conversation. I was more just kind of thinking about um, as, a, as a fan and as a you know, fan of the Yankees, them being able to make a little bit more of a run because they had less games and less ability to get injured. And people were, and, you know, players were a little bit more, they, they, they were stronger, it felt like, because they were less winded and less fatigued. Um, but, you know, I, I, the point, Chris, you brought up about the records is something to consider. But to answer your question, I still think that baseball has to change something. And I'm not a huge fan of them changing parts of the game. Um, I really am not. Uh, the pitch clock, the automatic strike zone, all this kind of stuff to America's pastime, I think, is really bad for the game. So I think that the runner on stick, second base is terrible. Yeah, the runner on second base is a horrible gimmick. Um, I see why they did it, but I, I, I don't like it. But they're they're yeah. grasping at straws to find. The more something. I see it, the more I think it's terrible. And yeah, grasping know, at straws yeah. and to We're answer going your point, Chris, it, it's it's they got to change something about the game, and I don't want it to be about the actual rules of the game. So go with the schedule. Uh, I agree, and I lean more towards not changing it. And you mentioned all the stuff with the I mean, with um, the shorter season is better for the fans and stuff too. Kind of made me think about it a little more. But I have to say, and though, Nick's Nick. points about the revenue, I mean, that's 
it's it's that's a very all, that's strong really point. Down to. It's a strong it's point. It's going to come down to the revenue. The same reason why they're adding more games to NFL because it's revenue. Exactly, it's Nick. The dollars in the end. And that's a, another – I just have to tip my hat to you, Nick, about the contracts. I mean, that's something I didn't even think about. That's a phenomenal point about, you know, the organizations and, taking yeah. in more money, these 14-year deals. I mean, they wouldn't be able to do that as easily. And the other good thing so, with it – with the season being longer too, is that maybe it keeps ticket prices down a little bit for some of the like families very that true. are more financially. And, I, and, and so I, I will say, you know, Chris, you mentioned, Oh, it could help some teams when they have injury problems. Well, I'll say this, you know, usually the way that it's structured now, 162 games, right. Normally is a lot of games. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> um, the short, so a shorter season might mean that, you know, weaker teams could sneak into the playoffs if they have a you know really hot month uh, month or so, right? And it's harder; it'd be really harder for a team to 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 hide weak starting. Uh, it's, well, it's harder to hide weak starting pitchers in a 162 game season than it is in a in a shorter season. So I think that you know pitching is very important, and if you have you know if you have 162 games the better teams with the better pitchers are going to be making the playoffs. Whereas you can have people on a run, whether it's scoring or defensively, they could be on a run and for a month or so currently with like the 60 game format and they can sneak into the playoffs. And so you'd miss out on some teams that I think overall have a better roster. Um, I think um, if you, yeah, if you shorten yeah. the season, look about, look I, at the Nationals. I think, that's what, I think that's why we saw the um, Nationals at the end of the day one when it was a shorter season because they were able to stay healthy and they had the best roster. And look, and look at the longer season, the nationals win. they were like well under 500 halfway through the season and they won the world series. And that's to Nick's Phenomenal. point. Like, I, I like that baseball, you know, yes, there are teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers teams that win. Right. But honestly, like different teams win a lot in baseball. And yes, the Braves, the Yankees, there are history of teams winning consistently, but like, think, look at the last six years. Look at the last six years. I mean, it's all over the map. And I, I like that. Team every year. I I think it's harder to hide, you know, deficiencies in your roster over 162 game season. I think a 60 think game season, you can have players. For, it's been 162 games and it's 162 games for a reason. It's not like they would have left it this way for so long. Yeah, I, I think it was a cool thing with COVID. Maybe, shor um, maybe shortening it by like 20 games or so, yeah. you know, but not – But even even then, you're, you're, loaning, you're, you're lowering team revenue by no, I understand. No, I understand that, but it's hard, it's hard to even come up with an argument for why they should cut it by 100 games to begin with. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a huge that's, chunk. That's a huge – they lost a huge chunk of games last year. But um, So where are we at here, Chris? Obviously – Obviously, you kind of even told me I ha halfway through that one that yeah. I had to go with Nick here because great points, Nick. It was it's too it's too much to even sway towards because I was in I was in the um my opinion was to leave it from the beginning too, like so it would have been really hard to even persuade me to the other side. And Nick brought up the points with the money and the revenue that really I wasn't even thinking about. I was just thinking about yeah. the numbers. And stuff. Honestly, that's all I was thinking about too. So that was a great. Those were great points there, Nick. Nice win. So Nick, if you want to appreciate uh, it, go on what you want to do here. Who you want to put on the couch or what you want? Oh, do. let's see. Let's see. It'll be you against Matt. Um. So I will for my question. 
Let's see. What do we got left that's good? Uh, I will do who, who won the Sam Darnold trade? The New York Jets so or the Car- or so the Carolina Panthers. So it's one to one to one right now for our fans. We have three questions left. It that is. Everyone's one. got one yep. win. Yep. And I'm gonna go with uh, Chris on the couch, and I will be on the couch as well. So Chris, have you. a seat on the couch. You can go first. Matt, you got right. that time? Yes, I do. Chris, you can go ahead. Obviously, if you want to look at it just based on this particular moment in time and not look at the past, the Panthers won this trade. I mean, not the Panthers. The Jets won the trade, obviously, because they got picks for a quarterback that hasn't done anything in the NFL. They got a second. When was the second round pick this year, Nick? Next, uh, next year. Next what did year. they get? They got a fourth round pick this year. They got a, a sixth six. round pick this year. No, a sixth round pick this year, a second round pick next year, and a fourth round pick next year. Okay, so they got three picks for a player that was that went two and fourteen last year quarterback. So obviously the Jets won this deal because they they got rid of him before they even had before they had to pay him or anything like that. They didn't give him a big contract for no reason. They got him out the door. It's a smart move by the Jets, obviously. But if you want to look back, if we're going off of the history, the Jets lost this trade. The Jets picked this dude third overall three years ago, and he hasn't done anything for them. Like, come on, that's that's a loss. If you trade a the number three overall, so so this year, what did the Jets have? The Jets have the number three pick this you gotta year. Gotta wrap it up, Chris. Pick? The Jets have the number two pick this year. So so you're cool with the Jets in three years trading whoever they pick right now for the second and a fourth right, pick next year and a sixth round pick this year. You're cool with that, Nick? Just well, look at he, it that he, way. Here's the thing, though, Chris. Uh, you know, initially your first instinct with um, you know the Jets winning the trade with a quarterback who. I am really not fond of, and it was a joyous day. Nick was the one who broke the news to me and gave me a call on that. I was very excited about it personally. But I agree with your points in that regard that Joe Douglas works some magic for getting three picks for a quarterback who has done absolutely nothing in the league, dead last in a lot of stat categories um, and efficiency, everything. Um, But then you started talking about, you know, this foreseeable future about, you know, what the Jets are going to do with this pick. Yes, the Jets have a history of not, you know, having great quarterbacks in their organization. But, you know, the question is who won this trade? And I think that where Sam Darnold was drafted or his or, you know, the history of how the Jets have done is has less to do with the the, you know, who won the this particular trade in this moment? Oh, I understand that. That's why I went with the. That's why I went with the Jets first. But I just wanted to, yeah, voice my opinion on how the Jets mess it up always. So, so Nick, um, you know, I I personally think that uh, this really sealed the deal for me with uh, Joe Douglas. This was kind of a make or break moment for me as a fan if he was going to make the right call. Because in my opinion, you win two games and you have the second pick, um, and you're a GM you use that fucking pick. And if you don't, your job's on the line and you want to create a winning culture so that you don't get the second pick. It's kind of a double-edged sword, don't you think? You have the second pick, you want to use it because you don't want to be there again. And the only way you're going to be there is with a losing culture. So do you think that uh, you you agree with Chris's initial point of view and my point of view personally, that the Jets won this trade, giving themselves the ability to kind of restart with a new culture? I do. I do. And, you know, to Chris's point about what they gave up, right. They traded up um, to to get into the number three overall pick. They gave up assets 
and they drafted a quarterback who, you know, that was a mistake. So I think at this point you look at it as a sunken cost. And so you can't value him as if he's a number three overall prospect. You got to say, okay, this is what we have now based on his three years in the league. This is what, here's our asset. He's, he had statistics statistically had a worse QBR every year in the league, 45.9, 45.6. And last year, 40.1. He was dead last in, in first down efficiency at 20, a little over 25% with, uh, first, first down uh, efficiency, the league average in first down efficiency is 37% last year. So well below the league average among qualified QBs, he ranked 30th um, on accurate passes thrown from a clean pocket. I mean, the only quarterback he was better than was Drew was Drew Locke last year. And that's not saying much. So he was, you know, to be able, and not only that, but you're sitting at the number All right, two Nick, pick. Wrap it up a bit. You're sitting at the number two pick and you know, you want to get rid of this quarterback who was awful. And somehow you get a second round pick, three picks, including a second round, a day one pick. I think it's a win for the Jets. Um, when it looked, I'll talk on my next 30 seconds about what the Panthers get. So, yeah, Chris, I mean, you know, I think, you know, you got to really consider that uh, those stats that Nick brought up are, are staggering. And, you know, this is something as a, you know, fan of the Jets, when you watch this and you, you grasp at straws to try and find, you know, a lot of positivity with him, there really was not much. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, this is going to be a deciding uh year for Sam Darnold. No, I agree. Um, do you think, my, my, yep. I want to ask you here, do you think that how Sam Darnold performs in the first half of the season, which we'll call it eight games, do you think that that is going to be a telltale for who maybe won or is it already des- decided? Like if he gets benched after week eight. I um, think, or, obviously it depends on how Sam Darnold plays at this point. So is obviously, it a make or break for him think- and the trade? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. But I mean, the Jets were smart to move off him anyway, because it was working. That was my initial argument. And which is my opinion of the Jets on the trade. But I just wanted to, the only reason I brought up the other side is because I wanted to see the bigger the bigger picture. You know what I mean? And it's like, what happens if this happens again? And we're looking at this three years from now. Who are they going to pick? Zach Wilson? Let's say Zach Wilson is, is a bust and has similar stats as Sam Darnold. And they're in the same position in three years from now. They're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna trade this right. this pick right now. Like, let's say, yeah, I'm, I mean, this like I, this pick right how I was ending it last time. This pick right now, look at it from that standpoint. This pick right now in three years, you're gonna trade that for a second and a fourth next year and a sixth pick right, this Chris, year. I, I just well, think that you know it's, it's, it's 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 hard to foresee. It's I mean, tough. obviously, your you greatness. You have to move off fan. a terrible quarterback. Yeah, you're right, but but look at Tom Brady. I, agree. I mean. Sam Where? Darnold is trash. Sam Darnold Thank is you. trash. That's yes. that's all we need to say. I know. And like so, I said so, in the beginning, the Jets won this deal. Obviously, they got picks for somebody that's trash. He sees ghosts. He's trash. I see him two times a year. He's trash. And my discussion. if we talk about if we talk about, you know, let's just say, okay, because the argument behind Sam Darnold being awful is because he had bad coaching staff. He had bad, not many playmakers. This and that. You know. I can name tons of the different excuses that, that have been made for him. Let's just say that he miraculously get, you know, jumps and becomes pitch, league average league. for him to become league average. He would have to somehow play better than like 12 other quarterbacks in the league next year. Let's say he has that jump. He's still just an average quarterback in the, in, in the NFL. So 
you know, I, I think at this point, you know, not, you know, if you look, if you add into the cost that, that they right, had next. drafting him, yes, Chris, that's, you know, they miss out and, and they get it. Panthers get a young player um, who they didn't have to give up a first round pick for number three overall, but overall, I think we'll see. And it is telling to see how he'll play with these better playmakers, but even if he has an, ex- an insane increase in his efficiency, he'll still be only league average. You know, Nick, that's a that's a great that's a great point for how dead last he is and how many quarterbacks are in this league. That's a great point that that I so Cam Newton is better than him. Yes, Cam yes. Newton is better than him. <laughs> better no, QBR. It, 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 this better, is this uh, is a great this is a great conversation because we all agree we all agree and look at the facts here that Sam Darnold yeah, is so. But but here's the thing. He is so below the average in this league, and I have a I have a take and I have an opinion. I've watched him a lot. I've watched him a lot. And my personal opinion is, even with a great line, a great offensive coordinator, I personally don't believe he's going to succeed. I think he is a career backup. And I think that my, my 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 take real quick as the moderator is he will be benched by week eight of this season. And the Jets will look like superstars he probably won't even getting away from him. I don't, they've I don't already, personally they, know they, how. I bet you Teddy, Teddy they, Bridgewater is going to start. How do you not start Teddy they, Bridgewater? How? Because you, um, you won five games last year. That's how. I mean, you Didn't want some, somebody fresh touchdowns? in there. Yeah, but he also it's threw 11 interceptions. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here that, you know, um, but all of us, this is a great conversation because we all have similar points. I think we all agree that the Jets won this uh, deal, and it's great because the Jets don't have a lot of wins in their organization right now. So to have a win in the offseason is really great. It's a good feeling as a fan. So um, I do have to go with Nick on this um, because, you know, he brought up those um, statistics that every time I'm reminded of these staggering statistics of, of Darnold, and I didn't even know that all three years he was on the bottom. I did and, not know and, that. And <laughs> even if, even if Wilson, you know, isn't as great as people think he's going to be, he can't be any worse than Darnold. He and you're, cannot. <laughs> and, and Darnold, Chris, is making $25 million next year, and the Giants will be able to save a lot more money with someone who's probably going to be better. But, but, but Chris, do, 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 you feel that, do you feel that point about, about the money, too? And they're, they're saving money, you oh, know? I know. So. I, I, I agree. I agree with that. But you see the Chris Call effect that I'm holding up right now. I do, I do, but we, <laughs> I do, but we, Chris is bringing up a, a statistic about how Chris Paul uh, really, really heightens the efficiency of teams that he's on, whether it be it Lob good. City or, uh, or Clutch City or uh, right, Sun so Nick, City. So Nick, um, <laughs> what, so, so you're putting me and Matt on the couch now because Lob you City. put yourself back on the couch, right? Yes, so, sir. So, so we're, so so that's what Nick with that's Nick with uh, two wins, Chris with one, and myself with one. We got two questions left here. This is, could be a turning point in the episode. So Nick, you're up. All right, I'm looking to see what's left. Uh, what questions are left here? So um, what you got are are the Yankees in trouble due to their difficulty scoring, and who's the best player in the NBA? Yeah, I'll I'll say who's. Are the Yan- Yankees in trouble for their lack of scoring ability at this point? I'm going to put Chris and Matt on the couch. Matt, have a seat on the couch. Your minute starts now. You know, um, the Yankees don't look uh, terrible. Is, is is all I'll say. Uh, behind when they're batting, um, it's a it's a little 
scary. It's, it's kind of like I'm having deja vu. You know, I'm seeing Judge strike out, fly out a lot. Um, surprisingly, Sanchez is hitting home runs, which is all he really does. Um, and I'm not a huge fan of him myself, but we're seeing Giancarlo hit some bombs, which is great. But I think the Yankees need to play a little bit more old school baseball. I think they need to look for getting guys on base and not necessarily swinging for the fences. And they've, they've developed their roster um, to swing for the fences. And when your guys are not hitting and they're not connecting or a pitcher's got the best of them, they're going to have difficulty scoring. So I think that it's a little too early to say that they're in trouble because they are scoring some runs, you know, uh, each game. They're not getting shut out, but they're not winning at a clip that I would like as a fan. And I, I, I don't think they're in trouble, but I do believe that they need to kind of restructure. Aaron Boone has to kind of restructure maybe the lineup a little bit in terms of who's batting. And uh, just try and get guys on base. And I know with the shifts, it's hard to get singles and stuff these days, but can't be swinging for home runs every time. As your only way to score. Good points. Good points. Chris, uh, anything to add there? So, As a a Yankees fan, considering to what would call the – say the Yankees are in trouble is that they're not going to win the World Series. And at this point in time – eight games into the season they're not going to win the world series it's it they're in trouble it looks it like matt said it's deja vu all over again it looks like them in the play in the um playoffs last year they couldn't score when it mattered they are batting 236 of the team right now it's ridiculous the strikeout 74 strikeouts in eight games that's almost 10 strikeouts a game if you look you know what i'm saying it's ridiculous that's the 31 walks, 74 strikeouts to 31 walks of the team. They need to be more patient at the plate. They're just swinging for the fences right now, to be yeah. honest with you. And they only have eight – they have eight home runs of the team in eight games. And they're supposed they're supposed to be this big power-hitting team. That's what I'm saying. I get Aaron, Aaron Judge has been out. Aaron Judge missed all those games, and he's tied for first on the team in home runs still. It's ridiculous. I, I think they're in trouble. Their pitching hasn't looked that great overall, except for Cole. And that's what he signed up. That's what you signed Cole for to be your ace. But outside of Cole, it's kind of, it's kind of iffy. And the fact that they can't score, it's not looking good unless they make a move for somebody that could maybe hit with some runners in scoring position. It's, yeah. I just, they might be in trouble because they already lost. They already lost a game three to two, three to one. They lost four to three and four to zero. Like they lost a game ten to five, and you're not going to win many so games when you give up ten runs. So it's it's that's tough. It. They're not that's they're not York. looking good so far, and the stats yeah. show that they can't really hit when it matters. So, yeah, Matt, any additional points here uh, on you know whether it's the scoring or any other aspect? Chris mentioned a little bit about the pitching not being as efficient as you thought coming in. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on all of that? I just think that yeah, um, again, it's very early. Uh, very early, but um, I'm not seeing, you know, firepower, um, you know, on the mound as much as I would have liked. I wanted this guy, Armand, to come out a little bit better than he looks. He looks really rusty. Um, and he, looks uh, like he hasn't pitched in a couple of years. I, that's exactly what it looks like. And I just feel like, you know, I think in the league overall, DJ LeMayhew players, players like him are really undervalued. We're, all, we're, we're looking for these huge guys, DHs that can hit 475 foot home runs. And that's why. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Gary Sanchez because at the end of the day, like, that guy's not really going to be remembered for how many home runs he hit. He's going to be remembered for not being a great defensive player and not doing anything in the clutch and striking out. So it's like, I'm going to remember someone like DJ LeMay, who's like a baseball player, 
guy who can play defense, every position he bats, he's always making contact, you know, you know, I just, I don't know. I miss players like Didi Gregorius uh, and he got on base a lot, you know, whether it be from a single or, or, or a one hopper to the fence. I think the Yankees are a little bit in trouble because they're only focused on being a slug fest. And I'm sorry, like yeah. this is saying, if you go five games and no one's slugging, you're going to lose. I mean, it's just flat out. You're going to lose. Chris, strike out, Chris final lose. points. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much just goes on. They're not hit. They're not – they built the team to slug home runs, and they're not even doing that at this point. Like, obviously, it's early, but I just see I just see a preview of what we're going to see in October, no matter how good they do in the regular season. Because, obviously, they'll, they'll heat up in the summer and they'll make the playoffs. But the problem is when cold weather, the bombs aren't as plentiful, obviously. So it's tough when you play in a cold-weather market, too, to rely on the home runs, especially depending on with the wind and all that That's stuff come playoff time. It's It's – tough to field a team like this especially if you don't have a dome to back it up to make the temperature more controlled and control the the settings and everything it's pretty tough to field a team that relies on home runs like this and you play in the the northeast outside yeah and you know know, the yankees don't have very loud trash cans either so that's that's a big that's a big uh, but it's warm down there too (laughs) you didn't catch my trash can joke no, I know, right. I know, well, I know, but I know. But good I'm points. Warm down there too. So it's oh, like, good, good yeah. points brought up by all. Because um, it's the statistical aspect uh, that Chris brought. I'm gonna have to go with Chris on this one. But both brought up good points. They are nice. in trouble. I think, yeah, 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 man. I think that was a great um, conversation because you know it's it's fun when we get to talk about that as fans because you know I, I'm I'm a little worried and I feel like every year because of the New York Yankees they're in these you know the top tier of teams that might win it and uh and then they just start and we're like wait a minute they're missing pieces seems like every year for the past couple years they're always missing pieces and yet they pay these guys i don't know anyway nice win chris i appreciate that nick um okay so here obviously so it's two to what what's the score So chris has uh chris has two wins uh nick has two wins matt has one win chris have you put yourself on the couch Nope. So I'm going to put wow. myself on the couch here. So the last question is the MVP question or the, who's the best player in the NBA right, right. now. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to put myself on the couch here and it's tough because <laughs> what is the, you want, you want to ask me, but you don't want me on the couch. <laughs> I know. <That's, laughs> I feel, I feel more confident going against certain people on the show but um we won't get into that but what is the death question let's say i put matt on the couch here and matt some pulls out the upset dub at the end what's the final question because matt won't even be able to put himself if matt won't even be able to put himself on the couch for the up for the final for the ot question all right so here i gotta who am i gonna put obviously it's gonna be me uh, it's going to be the question about the shit. Obviously, the NBA, who's the best player in the NBA at this moment in time? Um, oh, it's tough because I don't want to – I hate both of you equally, so it's like <laughs> – <laughs> I want to I want to, I want to kick both your throats. Can I put both of you on the couch? Like, be- nope, you got to pick one. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want all three of us to be involved in this one. And if you pick but, Nick, um, 
he could win the show. If you pick yourself, you could win the show. If you pick me, I could win, and I can't put myself on for for OT. Um, and the so you know the OT. I might, I might. You're swinging. You know, I might have to go with Matt here on the couch, just because of the OT. Just thing. reminding you about the stats. That's all. It, it's just it's it's a possible. I I get double chance to win the show if I go here, and this isn't really swinging anything. It's just a matter of. It's, it's my spot, and this is what I saved it for. I get to pick who I'm against. All right, let's get it going. I think I'm going to go with Matt here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let um, – I'm going to let – you know what? I'm going to go first. I'm going to put myself on the couch first here. All right, Nick, you're the moderator. All right. Chris doesn't want the heat. <laughs> I'm so, uh, I got – Nick made me nervous. He was talking shit when Matt was going. I was kind of scared. <laughs> All right, so who's on first? I'm on first. All right, have a seat on the couch. Your minute starts now. All right. Obviously, the best player in the game, obviously, LeBron James. I don't care that he's not playing this and that. But so if you want me to go into the subject right now, of though. who's playing, that's what I'm saying. If you want me to go in the subject of who's playing, I don't know if he's necessarily the most skilled player, like the most talented overall player in the NBA. But it's Jokic. The Nuggets are on fire right now, and he's – what is he averaging? He's got to be averaging almost a triple-double. It's Jokic is the best player in the league that's playing right now. Yes, it's, yep. it's incredible. He's he's in, he's averaging 26.3 points per, ga- points per game, 10.9 rebounds, 8.8 assists. Those are the, those are numbers that are on, on pace with LeBron. You know what I'm saying? LeBron is averaging the same – like, obviously, he's not as talented – like, this isn't who's the most talented player in the NBA like now. It's obviously LeBron, but he's hurt. I'm talking because he's not because LeBron's not playing. KD's not 100 percent and Giannis can't shoot. So I think Jokic is the best player in the league right now. And I don't know how much time I have left, but I'll put I'll put Matt on the floor now. My, my time's over. It's Jokic. Yep. That's just about it. Matt, uh, comments on, on, on uh, Jokic and what you think if, if if you have a different player in mind? I mean, Jokic is is absolutely dominant. Um, you know, uh, his his numbers and what he's doing, the fact that he's on top ten triple doubles uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and for his age and how long he's been in the league, um, but for the sake of the conversation um, and for my allegiance, fear the beard. James Harden right now is the best player in the NBA. James Harden playing. is playing the best basketball. Yeah, from his... the bench, he's hurt, so that's why LeBron was involved. Well, let's get somebody that's actually playing. So we're talking about he's, he's been out, he's been out he's been out two games. He's played I the mean, majority of games. He's played. Yeah, oh, yeah. He hasn't, play, he hasn't I, played in April yet. I'm still right, going with someone else. I, I guess I, you want me to pick somebody else. I mean, we didn't really establish if they're. We did. <laughs> I'm still. I'm, I'm just still trying going... to get his head. I'm still going to go with James Harden. I mean, we were talking. If you compare him to LeBron, LeBron's been out for a, a long period of time. Um, I think James Harden, uh, being a Houston Rockets fan, I've, I watched him for eight years in Houston. His MVP season, his MVP run, phenomenal. Um, he, also, him. He's a bit. he also he also got cheated for you know uh, losing out the for MVP the first year uh, that Giannis won. It, sh- it should have been Harden. But listen, the guy's averaging 25 points per game, 11 assists, um, you know, <laughs> seven rebounds. I mean. Here's the thing. This guy completely changed his game in a new environment. He's playing the point. This guy is running an offense. 
He is playing the best he's basketball he's ever played. He's been playing Houston since Chris Paul left. All right, that's all, that's all we have. Um, in a different minute, way, Matt. he's playing point in Brooklyn. But I will say – He's still playing yeah, off I the mean, ball in, in as in, in As a – you know, not a true point guard – to be averaging a league high, number one, a league, league high, and a half leading assists, the league in assists. Um, you know, per game, that's that's pretty crazy. But uh, Chris, uh, right now, any I points think he's on the best player playing the game right any, now. Any, any point playing point, the best points on the you know James Harden right now. He's not playing extremely right? ex- extremely <laughs> efficient, and um, you know his assists increase and all of the stats being extremely efficient, uh, close to the best in his career. Any comments on on that particularly, and then kind of backing up your uh, argument for Jokic? Backing up, I, Jokic is is ridiculous. But I'll get into I'll get into James Harden a little bit here. Hold on, give me a second. Let me let me let me pull up the game for James Harden. He's he's a ridiculous amount of shots too. But I'm not obviously you can't take that away from from his stats, but. I want to get into his his turnovers. So, I, I'm going to go, go, go into his, his game high. Six, seven, seven, eight. Going into six, six, seven, seven, five, five, six, nine, seven. Like, those are all this season. It's It's, it's amazing. It, obviously, Jokic doesn't have those numbers, but Harden, if Harden was the best player in the league, he would still be on the Rockets. He wouldn't have went to go team up with a player that's better than him in KD to go try to win a championship if he thought he was really the best player in the game. What do you we're mean? Not, LeBron, LeBron, jump ship LeBron's from, done twice. We're not, say, we're not saying that he, he thinks he's the best. I'm saying I think he's the best. I, I'm Everybody saying does that. Harden KD is not did the best that. player. LeBron no, did that. Everybody Harden, does that. But Harden's not even the best. But I'm saying Harden's not even the best player on his team. But they didn't do a midseason. Are you are you kidding me? He was eight games in the season. He was like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm not even going to It's fucked up. Like, I got to get how Rockets are trash. You even brought up James Harden here. All right, that's all it's we have. Well, you know, you know Jokic, go ahead. The Nuggets are hot. Best player, best player right now is Jokic. The Rock, I mean, the Nuggets eight game winning streak, and this and that. It's, it's done, man. Come on, Harden doesn't even play right now. It's best player it, right it, now. It's funny. It's funny that you're bringing up turnovers. I'm so glad you you brought that up, Chris, because James Harden is the first player to put up 30 point, 10 point, and 15 assist game with zero turnovers in a game since 1977. So sure, like, it's like up, it's like you got a win in the show last week. A blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. It happens. Listen, I think that James Harden is playing the best overall basketball right now. And yes, you're getting on me that he got injured and he's sat out the last two games or so. But for the majority of the season, he has been playing, leading that team, and just playing absolutely efficient basketball. And the Rockets were like one in seven when he left. But uh, so I, I so just think I, I guess, that I, I guess the better player KD can't can't get wins. Gets blown out by thirty points by the Lakers without Harden. That clearly to me tells me that Harden's the better player right now. KD you get blown out. You get blown out by the Lakers with no LeBron with KD. KD's the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, what, right, so, what's but, going on? But, but they would they probably would have gotten blown out if Harden played only twenty minutes. Too, I don't know about all that. He was there too. And Hard- and Harden played on the point, so it's not like he's like had a debilitating injury most of the year. He's played in forty three games. I know, but I'm just saying it's one right. player so, right now. It's Jokic. Um, 
Pretty good point. You can't obviously it's LeBron. You can't obviously. I was mad that he's injured, and I, or else I would go LeBron. LeBron's averaging twenty. It's like twenty-seven, eight, and eight. It was like, a little loose it's, it's when almost, we established like 50, the question if it was if they 56. were injured right now playing. I I, I kind of just went with the guy. To me, to, to me, to me, I thought the question was. I thought the question like was who's who's playing the most efficient basketball right now? Who's who's the best player in the league right now? And, and yeah, right me, now LeBron's not even in my mind because he's been injured so much. And when I watch basketball, I've been watching James Harden for the entire season, other than eight games in Brooklyn, and every single easy game when you're dishing off to. Kyrie for half the game. Don't even have to run point guard for half the game. I just think that his who's, who's Jokic, passes I'm Jokic seeing from him. Ball, Jamal Murray kind of trash. All right. Well, I'm going to have to say uh, it's a good argument. I think both of those players, I think they're like um, two and three right now in MVP voting right behind Embiid. So it's very close, but going to have to go with Harden uh, based off of what he's doing right now in terms of, you know, his shooting efficiency in, in terms of where his team sits number two in the East, whereas, you know, Denver sits at four, um, how valuable he is to his team. You can see by, you know, the 30 point blowout uh, that they just had against the LeBronless Lakers and uh, versus KD and the Nets. So I would say he's extremely important to his team and he's playing extremely efficient basketball. And I guess you win the show then, because I, I don't even have an argument for this last question. So I guess we got to wrap it up here for the day. What do you, what do you mean? You know, an argument. So we're yeah, going to OT, it looks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. OT, Nick's going to win. All right. So. Well, uh, <laughs> so we're at, um, what is it? Two, two, two. So now for the final question, I cannot put myself on the couch. So uh, you're going to have to come up with something, Chris. Right? Because I, I, well, actually, who won? Uh, so Matt Man. won. So Matt can't put himself on the couch. So my bad. So it's got to be me and Chris, right? Yeah, so, you know, it's a nice win that I got uh, to kind of send it to overtime uh, to tie it up. I think it's great content for the episode. Thanks for the win. And shout out to my boy James Harden, who was Nick's um, was was Nick's um, choice there have anything to do with Matt winning, not allowing him to win and Nick still has a chance to win or like because I don't even know Matt brought up any statistics. I didn't think that you I mean, (laughs) statistics, I I I said that. I said I that he had a 30, 10, and 15 game with no turnovers for the first time since 1977. That's fine. Recently. It, it helps. It, I mean, it, I, yeah, I, I, I came in. all season without turnovers. I know. I know he's, everybody he's has turnovers, man. Not nine, seven, seven, six. All yeah, right. On, well, man. to me, to me, I had a what, what does it matter if you I have, had an opinion about James Harden being a higher, and I didn't get That's enough it. from you, unfortunately. If you average eleven assists a game and you average five turnovers, what what good is that? It's plus. Six. If you're first in the East, I think it's all right. They're number two, but still, I mean, that yeah, they're doing all right. So, Sorry. so we're headed coming to in OT with the shooting here, efficiency. And the the OT question uh, is: Who is the most impressive? draft prospect outside of a QB in the 2021 NFL draft. Drafts coming I have something up in two to weeks. Uh, as every time, pretty much every time it's been OT, I'm pretty sure it's been me versus Nick. Any, um, any words on that, Matt? Uh, we'll have to check, check on that. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll have to check on that stat. But I, I still think that I'm, I'm winning at a decent clip. I'm tied with two with you guys, so I'm doing pretty well. Um, just like the Nets are in, in second. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to put Nick and Chris on the couch here for this question. And, uh, Nick, I'm going to have you go first here. Your, um, your choice for the best prospect outside of a QB in the, uh, NFL draft. You got a minute. 
Uh, it's tough. There's a lot of really good, intriguing prospects, and I've been looking at a lot because obviously the Jets weren't sure if they were picking quarterback. It seems like a done deal now, but I think Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, out of out of Florida, is he's a tight end, and I know you're saying, well, tight end, tight ends are extremely valuable valuable in the league, and this guy is absolutely explosive. He is in, you know, he is insane. I mean, he's six five, two hundred forty five pound. He ran a really good forty. I'll have to pull that up exactly, but you know, wherever he lands. He's this big body player who can play inside, outside. He can block very well. Um, you know, he had a really good year at, at Florida. I think, you know, wherever he lands, he's going to be, you know, a matchup nightmare in the NFL. So I think that if you can get him, you know, outside the top five, that, that's an absolute steal. I think he's going to set the league on fire. And in fantasy drafts, I'm picking him high. Remember the name Kyle Pitts next year. I like right. I like that one. That was one of my that was one of my um choices too for uh, definitely in the top because obviously he's going to go pretty high on draft. Yeah, and everyone I don't seems think, I don't think he'll fall out of the top five. Some people are like, saying, "Go ahead." I feel like somebody would trade up for him if it came down to it too, because tight end is such a valuable position and it's rare to find somebody with that's that talented right on draft day. And you know, there's talking that uh, there's talk that he possibly is one of the best receivers in the draft. And he's not even, you know, listed as a receiver, even though we know in today's NFL, you know, tight ends do a lot of receiving, but uh, Nick, great points about, you know, Kyle Pitts. I, uh, and um, that's his name, Craig. Yeah. Kyle Pitts. Yeah. I got, I got one. And uh, yeah, Chris, you know, I, I want to bring up to you. Do you think that, um, you know, there, there's also value in uh, pedigree and value in winning um, certain uh, games, championships, awards, in having winner's blood um, in the college game, and if that has any bearing on uh, kind of the heart of uh, drafting a player, someone who might not have the build or, or, or the necessary sort of stats right off the bat, but kind of a winner's blood. I think, I think the winners is less important when we're talking about non-quarterbacks because okay. you might be in a situation – because look at um, somebody like – Devontae Smith, like he brought up before, um, he's at Alabama. So, obviously, that's winning. But I, for my minute, I want to bring up a player who I think is the best, like the best player besides a quarterback in the draft, obviously. And it's it's Makai Parsons. He is ridiculous, the linebacker from Penn State. He, he ran a 4-3-9-40, and he's 6-3-246. That's ridiculous. It's he, he had a uh, um, 34 inch vertical and bench press 225 pounds 19 times in the combine. It was it's 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 impressive. Four, four three as a linebacker, four three eight as you know what I mean. That's that's I'm part very, of very impressive players in the league. And he's six three two forty six as a linebacker. Like come on man. Yeah, sounds I, like I understand the tight end. The tight end's an easy one to go with because they're all talking about it, but. At the end of the day, you need someone that's going to be able to get to the quarterback off the edge every play on your defense, as you saw in the Super Bowl with um, Tampa Bay getting to Patrick Mahomes all game. To beat a team with a good quarterback, you got to start with a linebacker. And if you, especially if you already have a quarterback in place with your team, you have a top pick, you got to go with Makai Parsons at the end of the day to shore up that defense because defense wins championships. And if you got 4 3 9 speed coming off the edge all game, I, I don't know how many teams are going to be able to stop that. 
Very good points, Chris. I had heard a lot of great stuff about him uh, on some of the shows on ESPN, you know, talking about that he actually might even be the most talented player coming out of the draft, the most you know NFL-ready player coming out of the draft. Um, so, you know, Nick, uh, Nick, Chris brought up some great uh, stats and some great points on, you know, the value of um, his particular pick uh, for, you know, the best prospect in this draft and, and bringing up the, the value of defense. Um, so, yeah, you know, do you have any further points on Pitts and kind of what makes him such a scary matchup and someone that uh, could, could make a, an impact right away in more of a flashier, you know, way because he's an offensive player? Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick on Micah Parsons, I think that's a great pick. I think he's explosive. I saw some of his highlights and he lays people out. Like, yeah. And the speed that he has, to Chris's point, he's going to be deadly. Um, he's not a pure pass rusher, but the speed that he has, he could really become, in, in a good defensive system, a really good pass rusher. But one thing Chris didn't mention, I, I think it's a good point to say, is he, his uh, – Pass defense is extremely good. Uh, I, I think he's a very underrated um, pass defender as well as as, as pretty, a linebacker. Pretty good against important. against the ground, uh, against the, the run. But um, going back to Kyle Pitts, I mean, this guy uh, he ran a four four forty, which is you know like a receiver's time. It's insane. His it's wingspan, insane linebacker man. His wingspan is uh, eighty three uh, by th- th- and three eighths. That is the longest wingspan of any wide receiver or tight end in the NFL currently, beating uh, DK Metcalf. So you got a guy that's 246, wow. six, six, running a 4-4, and he's got that wingspan. He's going to be a huge problem in the red zone. So I don't care who you got a quarterback. That guy's going to be an all-pro. I'm going to leave it at that. So, so I agree yeah, with Chris, that. Yeah, Chris, do you – that was a great, But great we're talking stat. about the same – we're talking about the same speed from a linebacker position too. Yeah. You said four four. I said four three, four three nine. So maybe a little tick faster from wow, a linebacker. Crazy. And you're talking about the pass coverage. That's somebody that could come in and maybe guard this it's guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You never know. You it's never true. know. You're gonna need it's somebody true. that could you're gonna need somebody that could come in and be able to stop because I think we're gonna be seeing more and more maybe these bigger receivers that are fast or playing tight end obviously because tight end is obviously if you as you've seen in the last years tight end is becoming so much bigger in these offense offenses as you see the Gronkowski's but getting back into my pick with Parsons obviously he's been they've been saying he's the one of the best if not the best athlete in the draft from the start and and like you said you're talking about speed like talking about I keep bringing up the speed he ran a four Three nine as a linebacker. Absolutely I don't know how many, incredibly how many linebackers you have running that. And, and, you know, and, and if you get to the right great... system too with the coach, they're going to get the. He's going to be one of the best pass rushers in the league. Mark my that, That's a great rebuttal because you're bringing up great points, Chris, about how he could be the one to be <laughs> black, you know, pass rushing or cutting off the you know the little red zone checkdowns to pits. Um, and you know this is this is great because I think. You know, we're in a time, obviously, it's an exciting time as an NFL fan to see, you know, new blood coming into the league. And we're seeing, you know, older players other than, you know, um, Thanos um, leave the league. <laughs> um, but um, and, and real quick, I'll say so 109 total ta- tackles um, for Parsons in 2019. Uh, five and is he, is, is he a senior? And is he, a senior? Uh, uh, he was a junior coming out. 
Um, wow. And then and then uh, Pitts had 12 TDs last year in eight games. Impressive. And, and, and is he a senior? Impressive. Oh, impressive. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you go, come on. If you go, if you go to Pitt, you come out as a senior. Come on, man. We all know. <laughs> well, no, he, he, went, he went to, no, he went to yeah, Florida. He went to Florida. But... I thought he went to Pitt. Well, no, his, his last name is Pitt. Pitt's. Oh, my fault. <laughs> no, it's all right. Um, but um, yeah, I, was th- I, I must a, be thinking of somebody else. It might be in your mind Jeez. being at West Virginia and hearing them chant "Eat shit, Pitt." You know, that yeah, might probably. be in your head. Yeah, he's but, a junior, though. He's a junior. But, um, Philly. but anyway, you know, really uh, great argument because I have to tell you, you know, my gut going with, with, with kind of Pitt in the beginning, he's the, the household name on ESPN. And Chris just, you know, totally swaying me uh, with, with this, uh, the time on, on, at the combine and the 40. You know, I was going back and forth here because it's such a great conversation to think about a guy who could be the best offensive player and the best defensive player. Um, player coming out how they could actually be a problem for each other um really great points but i gotta say my gut that wingspan stat i gotta go with that the wingspan stat it, it, it absolutely blew me away i did not know that i'm sorry chris you, long. you had me chris you had me chris on, on the 40 you had me on the 40 it's the longest wingspan the, in the league the wingspan yeah, I know, got to I know. Me, chris. you also you also let I, I, I think we should. I think we should run the time back on that and see how far out of his rebuttal that that was actually was. <laughs> I, I, see if it, if it, it was the shot the clock. Playback. If, if it made it, it was, if he got lost. I think see if he got lost. I think at the OT. I think at the OT. You got. I think we got to start cutting that shit off a little bit, especially the thirty-second rebuttal. We got to start cutting it's people true. off a little but bit. But you know, because, we we've all gotten yeah, heated at the end of the day, including I mean, I myself. I mean, I could bring up what's it, what's what's um. What's uh, what's what's Parsons' wingspan? Makai's yeah. over there. Yeah. Uh, can, can, be but, like, can I can I get a little rebuttal? But, yeah, but but all I'm <laughs> saying is this: we've all been we've all gotten bent out of shape, not winning this and that. At the end of the day, I think on this show we're having great conversations, guys. I think it's all in good fun. I got a little bent out of shape when I wasn't winning, and I let it get to me. But at the end of the day, we're all winning here because we're bringing up great points. Um, he's got and a, he's got an eighty. Hold on, what the hell? I just. What the hell? Why would it? I hate phones sometimes, man. It was like up. Oh, it's but, eighty and four eighths inch wingspan. But anyway, I'm just saying that we 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 have great conversations. Uh, you know, we all we all win on this show because we're all here supporting each other and, and bringing up great debates and conversations. I think it's it's great. And Chris, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to you because you like to close out our show really well. So, Chris, you guys, congrats! Thanks for the win there. Great once, episode, once, guys. Once again, once again, it's me against the two brothers. So it's, I know they want to put on a show, and I'm sure their parents <laughs> kind of get mad at them if they pick me over. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Excuses. There's a little family over there, but it's it's cool. Matt didn't win again, which is what I said wasn't going to happen. I didn't say I was going to win. Hey, I it's got cool. two wins, man. But, I'm right there. No, thanks for listening. I'm, ta- I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about for an episode. But yeah, thanks everybody. Yeah, thanks for listening. Check out the um. Are us on the social media, Facebook, Instagram, all the Twitter, wherever you want to check us out. I don't know where else we are. We're on all the podcast sites, this and that. We're on what is it? The little um, what's our what? Dreamcast, so, Dream, Linktree, yeah, Linktree. So, uh, we're anywhere. Simple you can Cast, Tree, Snapchat, Simple Cast is, is our distributor. You can find us on SimpleCast.com/slash/SportsCouchPodcast. Um, we also have a video game Spotify, coming out on Apple Dreamcast. Music. 
Yeah, we got a video game coming out. <laughs> if you if you uh, like oh, the so questions, just, didn't like the shot. questions. If you have if you have a point of view, throw it in the comments. Oh, if you, ha- if you have if you any have questions, questions you want to hear us to talk about, exactly. yeah, pop some questions it's on. Up, you know, Nick. Yep. His number is two zero three. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. And Chris, some shout outs. You like to give some yeah, shout outs? Some shout outs for the show. Um, we'll shout out Mike Madden, the, the Madden's dad. We'll shout out their uncle, uh, John Madden, who makes the Madden video games. <laughs> we'll shout out um, maybe how James Harden isn't the best player in the league, but there was kind of a little discussion there. Maybe we'll have somebody on to talk about the best player in the NBA a little more. Um, yeah, stay tuned. We'll, we'll have some people on out, eventually. I'll shout out Greg Horn. He's a bum. Ohio State stinks. Um, who else should we shout out? Sh- Ray, shout out my, um, annual, shout out my, my friend Jeremy last, Tipton, who's I know, who I know is a listener. Appreciate you listening. Um, anyone else? What's up, Jeremy? Appreciate, appreciate you listening. Yeah. We're sounding my, like Chuck. Shout out my sounding boy, like Chuck on Inside the NBA. Chuck's like, shout out to everybody I ever knew, high school. <laughs> yeah, I'll shout out to my I'll shout out to my boy Pratt because he gets in on some discussions. My boy, my boy Connor, who I know listens, just go Yaga. I've got to say it once something for the fans. You know, anything else to wrap up here, boys? That's it, guys. Thanks much? again for listening. Great week, good conversations. Another OT uh, episode, and we'll catch no, you next week. Another, Another week, another week where Matt didn't win, and another week where my prediction was right. We didn't even talk about um, my Baylor pick being right last week, and you guys both said Gonzaga. But that's that's two and zero oh on picks. Under the show. You know picks no, under Nick, the show, Nick said Nick said Baylor. Nick said Baylor. Well, all right, against yeah. Matt. Yeah. Against Matt, it's always uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, what, what you Have mean? Have a good games? day, guys. Yeah, thanks.